Hidden under all those lies Cause everybody has nobility And if you look beyond what your eyes can see You'll see they're just like you and me And now we're giving you the remedy Welcome to the Remedy Podcast This podcast is a project of Web Squared A North Carolina nonprofit That works to increase wealth for black businesses Through connection, network, and opportunity Our host is Stephanie Terry the Executive Director of Web Squared, and our co-hosts are Associate Director Rennie Orr and myself, Mashala Salam. I am the Media and Production Specialist. In this podcast, we hope to bring consciousness to the racial divide and speak on emerging new narratives about race. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone. Hey Stephanie. Hey Rennie. Hey Mashala. Hey, how's everyone doing? Great. It's podcast of Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) We had some winter snow. We had snow. Yesterday. I was like, it was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, they were like, oh, we're going to declare a state of emergency and all this stuff and then you wake up and it's just a little bit of snow on the ground and sunny and there's no wind or you know no rain no sleep i was like did they really declare a state of emergency for the little bit of snow that we got oh yeah. speak speak for yourself we got a lot oh yeah, yeah we were com- completely covered out here like we can make snowmen it's it's a lot i mean there, there's like an inch or so on the ground but still is it a state of emergency isn't that supposed to be reserved for when, like, you know, power is out and trees are down? And well, yeah. well, it sounds like North Carolina. So, <laughs> you know, we 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 um, Rennie, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Wyoming. Our winters you... were like five, six months long. Okay. We would spend weeks out at the ranch. I grew up on a ranch. We would spend weeks out at the ranch with like being snowed in. Well, you know how it is in Kakalecki. <laughs> We don't, they don't have the plows. Do you remember the last snow that we had that was more than six inches? It was in, um, I was living in Chapel Hill and people were stranded. They called it Snowmageddon. Do you remember that? Do you remember what year? It was probably like eight years ago, not seven years ago. I don't think um, North Carolina has the equipment and stuff. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. People were abandoning their cars and we could, like, it was like, oh, we're just going to get a little snow. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The snow came down so fast. Like, I had no idea it would come down that fast. I don't think anybody did. But that was like, that's a state of emergency. But it didn't, We but they didn't call it a state of emergency then because they were like, oh, we're just only getting five inches of snow. Uh, So I think they are on the side of uh, caution now because people were so mad. Like people were stuck on 40 and like, I remember I abandoned my car. <laughs> I had to spend the night at my Amani's house. <laughs> so I think that's where it comes from, Rennie. <laughs> 
I guess if you're an elected official, you're like, oh no, y'all not gonna crucify me. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember being in Chicago and like one winter, it was like maybe 20 inches of snow fell, the whole city shut down and the mayor was under attack. Like it was his fault. Yes. The city shut down because there was 20 to 30 inches of snow. It was his fault. And, you know, that the trains weren't running. And, you know, it's like, it's not his fault. <laughs> no one can be That's prepared what for happens. That. So I think they're like, we're ready. We got it covered. <laughs> State of emergency. Anything that happens, we're on it. <laughs> yeah well thank anyway. goodness we were close by home like we were able to walk it, it was a journey though and we had bags and bags of groceries and i felt like i was in one of those movies where you taking like a long journey through the snow i remember that yeah but you know fortunately it's it's been snowing like on the weekend overnight you know yeah. and then we're in a pandemic so it's not like it's everybody's like rushing all around yeah. so anyway so enough of the snow i went out and played in the snow with the broom <laughs> now one more last thing about the snow has anyone ever eaten snow cream what no yes. snow cream i won't eat snow yes i feel like yeah, it's so pretty toxic because of whatever environments or you know what's in the environment yeah no. well people eat it it's, it's just i think it's like milk and sugar like canned milk or and snow yeah like condensed yeah. milk you can use condensed milk i've never had it but i think it's a southern thing mm. oh yeah no never had mm -hmm. yeah so anyway so we're gonna what are we talking about today Rennie? so part of our um adventure with entrepreneurs is that we are in the process of beginning to do coaching and mentorship with people and we have been doing one-on-one -on -one interviews with all of our entrepreneurs in our program and this week we were doing an interview with Mashla and we were talking about coaching and mentoring what does that mean and I said you know it would have been really nice for me when I was like 23 24 25 to know that coaches were an option I have no idea you know this whole world of coaching I'm like 51 and it just seems like it just opened up to me in the last couple of years to even consider like having a coach or being a coach. And um, I feel like it would have been really nice to have had that as an option back when I was like Mashla's age, like you're 25, is that right Mashla? Yes. And so we thought we'd talk about it a little bit in terms of identity. Like, what does that mean? Like, And let me just pick that up. You know, in here in the West, we call it coaching. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, of course, we've, you know, monetized it <laughs> and, and made it a business. But in uh, indigenous cultures, they call it mentors. They call it mentorship and they call it like relationships with, um, you know, elders with the youth. And it's just so much missing from our from this culture. Um, it just really is because, oh, in fact, there's an incredible book called Healing, the Healing Ritual Community something, but his name is, last name is Somi. And um, he's an African shaman and he's from, I think, West Africa. And he really parallels how different the culture is um, from, you know, being West African, growing up in the in his village, and then also um, doing some schooling over here in, I think it was London, and then in the, in the United States. 
um, about how different the definitions of community, um, the purpose for just people, like how important it is to find your purpose, how that purpose is a part of making the community wider, healed, and a part of what the community needs. And then like how the youth and elders, like how they, we just have just a, a complete different, different acclimation about the purpose of elders and, and the relationship between elders and youth and mentors. And when I was reading it, it's just so rich. It just, there's just such a deficit here around purpose and identity and place here in, I'm just going to talk about, you know, the United States. Especially, and we used to have it even in, in African-American culture. We used to have it way more than we do now. Um, our culture has been, been disintegrated around this all this materialism. I don't like it. I mean, let me just say that. This is what I don't like. I don't like that, you know, if you don't know what you want to do by the time you're 20, then something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't buy your house by the time you're 30, then you're a failure. And if you haven't figured out, you know, your purpose in life, and then by and then by the time you're 50, you're over the hill, or 60, you're over the hill, and then you're, you know, you have no more worth. Who made this crap up? <laughs> Let me get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, I, I, I think there's something about our culture is that we kind of just set our youth adrift. You know, it's like they go through high school, And then we send them to college and yes, they're getting an education, but as far as like the soul work they need to do to know who they are. I've heard of like kids that take gap years to kind of like spend a year thinking about who they are in relationship to the world, do better in college than kids that are just thrust right into college, like right from high school and you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, I went to a technical college for two years. It was really helpful for me to get an introduction into college life through that instead of just being thrown into a four-year university. And I feel like I was able to really feel a lot more appreciation when I actually did enter UNC. And I think that because I was around a lot of people who were much older than me when I first started out at Durham Tech, I really got to see like a maturity that I probably wouldn't have if I just, you know, started at the four-year university. Yeah, you know, as I was listening to you both and then, you know, this is just kind of dropping into me that this needs to be lifted up. You know, African-American culture in the United States was kind of separate and distinct from white culture because we were forced, like we were not, we were not assimilated in the white culture. We had to have our own, you know, communities. We had to have our own churches. We had to, ha- you know, we had to worship with each other. We we stuck together, you know, in our own family units because because of all the terrorism. And 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 then as we um, and and the church, you know, became there was that that connection between elder and youth and our culture was almost like our the place that we came to to be safe to share our stories to learn wisdom from from one another to be healed and since the civil rights movement it seems like there's been just more assimilation into white culture which is from my opinion has always been like destitute you know because even immigrants that came over had to like leave 
their culture, whether you were from, you know, Germany or Italy, or if you were Jewish, or if you were from Spain or, you know, a Polish, you know, in, in order to really move forward in the culture of America, you kind of had to leave that behind, like even change, you know, your, your last names so that you can get this quote unquote white privilege. But the trade-off, what's the trade-off? It's like anxiety, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is terrible. And I'm seeing the same thing happening in, inside, you know, African-American culture now to, you know, to some extent, if even if it's not, let me slow down. So I, I forgot, we, this is supposed to be a conscious conversation. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying everything, the first thing come to my head. So, <laughs> but it just appears that the culture of materialism, mm -hmm. right, is becoming the dominant culture. That's that's what I want to say. And to the detriment of all of us. Yeah, I agree. You know, bringing that up, it really, I feel like it validates a lot of what I've been feeling about this culture that we're in right now. I see, you know, a lot of things on Instagram where, you know, people are posting these luxury items and they have just expensive things like Birkin bags that cost thousands and thousands of dollars, Lamborghinis and mansions. A lot of these people are probably just renting Airbnbs and renting these cars. Yep. I, we were just looking at, Michael and I were looking at a documentary today about this culture of wealth. I forgot the name of the documentary of greed, basically of greed. And they've talked about like this, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, mentality. I don't know if you know what the Jones, I don't know who the Joneses are. I think it's some fictional family. And what they were saying was, is that, you know, we've moved from the Joneses used to be like your neighbors, but with the way that social media and television is much, you know, television that people watch, people know more about say the Kardashians family, then they do their own neighbors. Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to actually keep up with your neighbors, you're trying to mimic what you're seeing on television. And just mm -hmm. like you said, Mashala, it's not even real. <laughs> it's fake. <laughs> what do you think, Rennie? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I need to see that documentary, but you're, you're absolutely right. I just feel like I've lived in this neighborhood for 15 years. I don't know the names of any of my neighbors, except for like the media neighbors, you know? Mm -hmm. I see people walking and, you know, I'll stop and talk with them, say, oh, you got a pretty dog or something. But yeah, mm -hmm. like there's something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, if something happened to me, I don't know if any of my neighbors that I would be like, oh, let's, let me go over and ask for help, you know? And yet, you know, I it's just, there's this like, Western culture, there's like isolation. Uh, you have to make community and it's usually like-minded people. Um, that's why social media is like so powerfully, you know, divisive and stuff is because everyone lives in their own little bubble and we are attracted to like-minded people. So we keep ourselves in those bubbles. And yet, you know, for a lot of people, their community is online. And, you know, it's they're keeping up with people through Facebook and social media rather than getting outside and having a, 
neighborhood barbecue and getting to know their immediate neighbors, the people who mm-hmm. could actually help them if there was a crisis, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. Living in social media community does not provide the mentoring that youth need, you know, from their elders. And, you know, our world is so divided even by ideology, but also by gender and race and and age. Like how many youth are actually interacting with older people and gleaming that wisdom from them as part of their initiation into becoming like a full human being. Yeah. And also it's not even, I think at this point, Yes. And we could be learning from youth. Well, going back to actually what you were saying about, you know, communities building together and people knowing each other and knowing your neighbors and things like that. And the way that like cultures of color interact with each other and how that's very different from like Western culture. I feel like I hear a lot about, you know, people from different cultures saying, oh, you know, it's weird that y'all move away from your parents. But in my culture, we, you know, live with our parents for a long time. And we, you know, listen to our elders and our grandparents and interact with them. And when you think about like American culture, it's like, oh, you got to get away from your parents as soon as possible. Like you have to go as far away from them (laughs) as you can. And it's just so interesting when I hear those different perspectives. But I feel like it's really really helpful when you do have a support system and a team there to like help you in the process of growing up and beyond that I feel like we're taught that we have to struggle through everything on our own but a lot of people are on antidepressants and medication because it's really difficult and when it comes to like what you were saying about white culture and specifically white American culture I'm thinking about how There's an abundance of help, really. Like when there's businesses, people are hiring their nephews or nieces and they have more resources. So when they tell people of color, black people to do the same thing, it's like they don't actually have all those things set up for them already. So it's a lot harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't even just gloss over that, Marshalla. Everything you said has a lot of significance. But here's what we're going to do. I am so, I guess, like this coaching and mentoring that will be happening in our program is just a huge piece, a piece of what we're doing. It's especially because we're, you know, the plan is to meet weekly, you know, if not bi-weekly with for a year. And the thing about it is, is that we are not doing this as if like in a hierarchy. That is not what this is. We're mm-hmm. You know, the mentors and coaches have all the answers and the entrepreneurs are just empty vessels. No, (laughs) we are informing each other. We are learning from one another. We are growing together. You know, there's guidance, but it's a mutual exchange that fosters an environment, an internal environment of growth Mm -hmm. um, for everyone. And so I was uh, writing in the blog, even the mentors and coaches are committed to growing. And, you know, I have a mentor and I have a coach and Rennie has a coach and then Rennie and I mentor and coach each other. And um, it's just a constant exchange of learning and connection, mm-hmm. you know, and and, some t- and it's not just prioritizing, oh, we got to, you know, we're, we're, yes, we're going to do your business plan. And yes, we're going to, you know, do, 
you know, work on your website and we're going to figure out this system for your operations. But we're also going to make space for your emotions and your feelings. And we're going to make space for, you know, um, if you've got some anxiety or belief system, we're going to figure out what what's behind that. We're going to create room to consider, you know, who we are and what we believe. And sometimes, you know, that may be, you know, well, today we're going to work on, you know, maybe you need to share your story to get to get out your feelings. You know, we're going to make room for that. So this is holistic. And, and we're hoping that the way that we're doing this mentoring and coaching, that we begin to really remove the barriers inside of us that are getting in the way of us being as powerful as possible because we need that power to bring our services to the world and to not lose sight of what really matters and why we're really doing this. So that's what makes me excited. And we're going to have commercials. <laughs> we're going to make commercials. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got like 19 entrepreneurs that we need to um, put their messaging out about their business and what they're all about. Yeah. And you know what, whoever's listening, we are excited about the programming. I, I started talking so low and monotone and slow. I was putting my own self to sleep, but <laughs> we are ready to rock and roll. Are we not, Rennie? Yes, we are. You ready, Marshall? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Marshall, your afro is going to grow this big by the time the end of the year is out. <laughs> <laughs> so well, anyway. I was just saying, I feel like that's a wrap. It's Saturday night, and I think I just heard my door open, so I think somebody's in my house. So I'm going to go see who's, who it is. I believe it's some kids that are, you know, speaking of mentoring, they are coming to spend the night and watch movies. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go right. and make some food with them and stuff. But um, Have fun. <laughs> Mashla, you want to take us home? Wrap us up? All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And as always, the revolution begins with dialogue. All right. Let's rock. All right. It. See you we'll later. See you next time. This has been a joint podcast of Web Squared and Afrofuture Productions. For those of you interested in learning more about our work at Web Squared, you can find out more at websquared.org. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our conscious conversation. We hope you'll subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Join the Remedy Membership Forum on Patreon to join us monthly for our members-only discussion. That's it for today. Until next week, thanks for listening. What's underneath the situation you don't realize? So let's examine with a critical eye. Put on your glasses and let it magnify the truth that lies hidden under all those lies. Cause everybody has nobility. And if you look beyond what your eyes can see, you'll see they're just like you and me. And now we're giving you the remedy.
Thank you.